स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाई एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट हेलो एंड वेलकम टू मिंट आई एम नसरीन सुल्ताना आई एम एन असिस्टेंट एडिटर एट मिंट I keep a close track of all that is happening in the world of stock markets. You are listening to All Things Markets where I speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets. Market regulator SEBI has asked mutual fund houses to restrict the exposure to additional tier 1 and tier 2 bonds. This directive comes after write-offs in such bonds issued by two banks in the past year had hit investors. The Department of Financial Services had written to SEBI to withdraw the guidelines related to the change in valuation norms, while industry body AMFI had said it is in discussion with SEBI to further smoothen the process of implementation of the directive. So what exactly are these 81 or perpetual bonds? why are they risky and why are there conflicting views about such bonds to understand everything about the sebi new norm and possible consequences i'm in conversation with piyush gupta director crystal funds research hi piyush welcome to the show thank you nasim uh, glad to be here thank you so much so uh, piyush there are a lot of uh, conversation in the market there's a lot of stories written about uh, the sebi's new order about on the 81 bonds also called as perpetual bonds uh, if you can take us through what exactly are these 81 bonds or all, and also the 882 category of bonds all right so basically tier 1 bonds or 81 bonds uh, and basically tier 2 bonds these are the two category of bonds which have been covered in the recent sebi circular now uh, if you look at uh, additional tier 1 bond or 81 bonds these are perpetual bonds which are issued by banks uh, by perpetual i mean uh, these are bonds which doesn't have any maturity date unlike any conventional bond which has a fixed maturity plus uh, these are the bonds which have certain features which are different from your conventional bonds for example uh, in case of 81 bonds the bank or a issuer has a full discretion of non payment of coupon during the term of the bond and this is typically applicable at a time when uh, the the financially banks are going through a difficult phase and at that time they may choose not to pay coupon under these bonds second is uh, these bonds also have a uh, provide uh, option to the issuer to completely write off uh, the principal or convert it into equity under specific uh, scenarios for instance if the bank reaches a point of ponv or point of non viability situation or if the core equity of the bank uh, falls below a predefined uh, level under such situation the, the principal of the 81 bonds can be completely written off or uh, they can be converted into equity uh, given that you have such features in uh, 81 bonds uh, they are uh, relatively more risky compared to the conventional bonds which are uh, otherwise there in a debt mutual funds right piyush uh, that this norms itself sounds so risky for anybody investing into it but i'm sure the returns are also good Uh, so, what exactly is the SEBI's new circular? Uh, it uh, definitely talks about 
protecting the retail investors mostly. So could you take us through what exactly is the SEBI circular saying? Right. So SEBI circular, which came in the last one week, uh, basically looks at uh, two components. One, uh, it talks about the exposure limit to these 81 bonds and Basin 3 tier 2 bonds. Second is, uh, they talk about, they cover the valuation of perpetual bonds. Uh, essentially, 81 bonds are a perpetual bond that we spoke about earlier. So these are the two parts uh, which are covered in the SEBI circular. If we look at the first part, which is the exposure limit, there uh, SEBI has put out a condition whereby the uh, mutual fund cannot have more than 10% exposure to such instrument, which is basically tier 1 and tier 2 bonds uh, issued by a single issuer across all the schemes uh, that the mutual fund is managing. So that is the first condition that they have to comply with. The second condition is at a scheme level whereby a debt portfolio cannot have more than 10% exposure uh, to such instruments, again, Basel 3 tier 1 and tier 2 bonds. The third condition is at an issuer level, whereby uh, exposure to such instruments cannot be more than 5% by a single issuer in a debt portfolio. So these are the three conditions that will need to be followed by uh, debt mutual funds going forward uh, while they take exposure to these instruments. The other uh, aspect that they have covered is uh, any such fund which has exposure to such bonds or has a provision to invest into such bonds, they will need to have a provision for segregated portfolio. With respect to the second part, which is the valuation of uh, perpetual bonds, there the circular talks about defining a maturity of 100 years for all the perpetual bonds which are part of a debt portfolio while valuing or pricing uh, these bonds in the underlying portfolio. So these are the conditions uh, that they have covered uh, in their recent circular. Right, Piyush, thanks for that good explanation. Uh, but the 100-year maturity means that we are kind of considering that the 81 bonds issued by the mutual fund will expire in 100 years, right? So not really. Uh, when you look at 81 bonds, whenever they are issued, they are issued with a call option. Uh, generally, you will find that uh, most of the 81 bonds, they have been issued with a call option of five years. But okay. th that option is something which is there with the bank. There could be a situation whereby they may not exercise that option or uh, there are times when they may exercise the option. Given that this option is there with the bank, regulator has prescribed a maturity of 100 years, but it doesn't definitely mean that these bonds are going to mature in 100 years. They can uh, mature even earlier, uh, depending on uh, when the uh, bank exercises the call option. Right. Uh, so given the classification of the bond itself is so risky, you have been dealing with this uh, such kind of schemes and bonds uh, and, and analyzing the impact. What has been your analysis? What kind of investors uh, do invest in 81 or 82 bonds and uh, other returns uh, you know good or beat their the traditional bonds so uh, these are the uh, so like we discussed earlier these instruments are definitely more riskier compared to the conventional bonds one of course because there is an optionality which is built in uh, in terms of issuer calling back that bond or maybe there's an option with respect to payment of coupon or conversion into equity, or uh, maybe 
completely writing off the principal. So uh, definitely these bonds are relatively more riskier compared to conventional bonds. But with that additional risk, there is also the uh, additional coupon that is uh, available with these instruments. Typically, you will find 200 to 300 basis point higher coupon uh, being offered on these bonds compared to the uh, conventional bond uh, being offered by the same bank. All right. So, uh, Piyush, according to you, what uh, made the market regulator SEBI to come out with this uh, strict norm for 8182 bonds? Uh, do you have any reasoning behind that? So I think uh, what we have seen is a regulator has been very proactive, uh, especially in the last two, three years uh, with respect to monitoring the and mitigating the risk in the uh, underlying portfolio of debt mutual funds. Uh, and this is what is evident here, even in this situation, whereby uh, they have put uh, restriction in terms of exposure limit to these instruments. Uh, which in a way reduces the overall or uh, at least puts a cap on the overall risk that can be there in such uh, 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 portfolios which are having exposure to such instruments. Okay, so it's basically safeguarding the, the interest of the investors who have exposure to 81 or 82 bonds. So, um, you have done some kind of analysis uh, based on the February data because this uh, circular came in March. And of course, uh, the uh, all the AMCs have probably have time to kind of reduce their exposure if they have if they don't meet the the circular norm. Uh, what does your reading in February show as as per the AMC level and also the scheme levels? Yeah. So right, uh, rightly you mentioned uh, these. Uh, this circular is applicable from from first uh, uh, April, uh, and it is applicable for the new investments uh, that uh, the uh, the fund can make uh, going forward. For all the existing investments which are there in the uh, portfolio, uh, mutual fund uh, scheme uh, is not required to redeem and rebalance their portfolio to make it compliant with the condition that have been laid out in the circular. However, when we uh, overlay the conditions on the FEB and portfolio, what we find is uh, the first condition that we spoke about, which is 10% uh, limit at a overall mutual fund level, uh, is something that is uh, not uh, crossed by any mutual fund, uh, which is managing portfolio at, uh, based on February and uh, portfolio data. Uh, the second condition, which is at a scheme level, whereby uh, a 10% limit has been applied, for uh, uh, such instruments uh, in a debt portfolio. There we find there are some 36 schemes uh, which have exposure to these, uh, uh, which have exposure more than 10% uh, to such instruments. And uh, these uh, 36 schemes are across uh, 13 categories and whereby uh, banking and PSU is one category where the exposure is, uh, uh, where there are highest number of schemes which uh, have uh, exposure more than 10% of their uh, total debt portfolio. Following uh, banking and PSU, you have credit risk funds, uh, which have five such funds, uh, which do not uh, meet the uh, SEBI condition. And then you have medium duration and medium to long duration funds, uh, where you have four such schemes, which have exposure more than 10% of such instruments. 
Yeah, this definitely is a positive move for the retail investor. And of course, it safeguards his or her returns getting completely washed off. But uh, do you think, since you said that banking and PSU funds have you know, high exposure, at least in uh, February data that shows, do you think this kind of limits uh, the fundraising options by banks? Uh, mutual funds are definitely one of the large investors into such instruments. So to that extent, the appetite for such instruments uh, will uh, be lower going forward, given that these exposure limits have been uh, put in place. So to that extent, the demand for such instruments by the mutual funds for their portfolios will have uh, an adverse impact as we move ahead. All right. But uh, anything on the fundraising aspects, because uh, this this bonds are instruments for uh, for the company or the banks to raise money. Uh, you think uh, this is also limiting the fundraising vehicle? So uh, one, of course, is you have mutual funds which invest into such instruments, but you have other uh, asset managers like insurance companies uh, and retirement funds or provident funds who may invest into such instruments. So to that extent, I think it should not be a challenge from the fundraising perspective. Again, what we see here is when we look at the overall analysis based on February and data, you have only 36 funds which have exposure more than 10% or the limit that has been prescribed by the regulator. Uh, mm. If you look at uh, the overall, you have about 2,000 odd schemes which are currently active. So to that extent, it's a small portion of uh, overall universe of mutual fund schemes which have uh, uh, invested beyond the threshold limits. There are many other schemes who can uh, still take exposure to such instruments anyhow. All right. Thanks a lot, Piyush, for those uh, details and explaining us what exactly are 81 bonds and how much risky uh, the portfolio uh, gets if you have higher exposure and what the SEBI circular means. Thanks a lot for the explanation and thanks for giving your time. Uh, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, glad to be here. Thank you so much. For feedback, you can write to me at nasreen.s at lifemint.com or you can reach out to me on Twitter at nasreenstory. You can also reach out to us at HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. This was a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. HT Smartcast.